0: I never dreamed. I would not have dreamed this life because it would not have occurred to me that that it could happen. But God has opened up doors of ministry and influence and opportunity that uh, beyond beyond my comprehension. And He'll do the same for you. Stay good day. Welcome, my friends, to the storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear the rest of the story of Mescalero Apache Soapy Dollar. That's me, and I do count it an honor to be able to share my story with you. How God took an abandoned baby boy, adopted me, and gave me a new and abundant life. I never knew much about my parental background, my biological mother, and my connection to the actual Apache tribe. I never knew much detail about it through the years, because once I had given my life to Christ and I grew up at the boys' home and graduated, I was so complete and so f- fulfilled in my relationship to God that I never particularly felt lonely or that I was lacking anything. I just filled with the joy of life and serving God and, and walking with-, with the Lord. Although I knew of my heritage as a Native American, as Apache, I didn't know many of the details because I had thought that Princess Babe Hawk was my real mother. But in 1985, we had returned from missionary uh, work and time in Europe for many years. We had returned to the United States, but now my wife had and I had three children. And Suzanne began to tell me, you know, you should go back to the reservation and see if you can find out anything more about your past and maybe even about your birth mother. That would be interesting for our children to know. And so we made a journey or two back to the reservation, and I met the the tribal chief and some of the tribal leaders and inquired about uh, that time and met. That's how I came to know about uh young Yolanda, who had been my birth mother. Uh, they were convinced they knew that she had been my mother and that, that indeed uh, had been born to her in that time when she left the reservation and came back without a child. But at the same time, the boys' home had... Sent me a packet containing all the records they had on me from the time I had lived at the boys ranch. Now, this was many 20, 25 years later. Uh, in that packet, there was the original early correspondence between Princess Babe Hawk and Cal Farley and the ranch staff and, and uh, the administration. All of that communication and all, uh, record of their co- communication and so on. And I got a chance to look through all of those records, plus all the records they kept on me while I was at the ranch were very interesting. But one thing caught my attention as I went through those papers, there was on a notepad in Mr. Farley's handwriting, it said a lady's name, and it had a phone number, and said may have been present at child's birth. And the name was Claudia Sanford. So I called that phone number. I decided there in New Mexico on the Apache Reservation, I was going to call that phone number. Here it was 20, 25 years later, and just see by some chance what would happen since I was in an exploratory mode. So I called the phone number, and lo and behold, there was a ring, and it said, Honey Bee in. can I help you? So I said, Is there a Claudia Sanford there? And she said, Just one moment. And so... Moments later, a lady came on the phone and said, this is Claudia. And I said, uh, Ms. Sanford, uh, you don't know me, but I'm out on the reservation here in southern New Mexico, on the Apache Reservation. Was your mother named Princess Babe Hawk? And she said, well, yes, with a little hesitation. And I said, do you happen to remember back in 1949, your mother coming into possession of a little Apache Indian baby? And she sucked in her breath. I heard it on the phone. And she said, why, yes. Why do you ask? And I said, well, I'm that baby. And she said, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I've always wondered what happened to that baby. And I said, well, I was hoping maybe you could tell me maybe some details about the birth mother or the circumstance. She said, no, I can't really tell you much. I was having marital problems. So I had gone to live with my mom for just a few weeks and taking my children with me. And, um, one day, she just came home with this little baby, just like she's bringing home a sack of potatoes, and we never knew where she got the baby or what happened. My mom was very eccentric, and she didn't tell me a lot about it. I never would tell me about where she got the baby or anything, but I've always wondered in my life, what in the world happened to that baby? I didn't stay very long. Her lifestyle was not very conducive and very uh, exemplary for my children, and so we left after only a few weeks. But... All my life I've wondered what happened to that baby. And I said, well, I, I sure appreciate you taking the time to tell me. And do you happen to know anything about the birth mother? And she said, no, no, nope, never did find out anything about that. And I said, well, thank you for your time. And I was going to hang up. She said, I wanted to tell you something, one more thing, though. I really hadn't told her much about myself. But she said, I want to tell you one more thing before you hang up. I want you to know that I'm a Christian. and all my life, I prayed for that baby. And it just shot through me like a bolt. Because God would, had been teaching me some things about prayer in that time. And when she said that, it was like the lesson of all lessons. That God somehow had set some Christian to praying. Had brought Claudia Sanford into contact with his little Apache baby. And she had been praying. And that was the best explanation I've ever had for why God found this little baby boy. And brought me to himself and changed my life. And uh so after she told me that, I immediately began to tell her that I, w- I was a follower of Jesus as well, and that we'd been in ministry for many years, and she began to cry, and I began to cry. It was like uh, it was like we'd known each other our whole lives, although we really, really hadn't. And a year later, we got to go by as a family and meet with her at the Honey Bee Inn. We drove through town. As we came around the corner, there were yellow ribbons all up and down the Honey Bee Inn sign, and it said, Welcome, my brother. Sophie Dollar, and, uh, it, I'll never forget that, that message, that reminder of God's watch care over our lives and His ability to bring about His will and how He wants to use us as His children, as His servants, to be an influence for good, uh, even through just praying for others for the cause of Christ. Sometimes people have asked me, were you angry? Did you resent the way you were brought up? The fact that you were abandoned and, and, being homeless or the things that happened to you where you're angry with God or resentful and i frankly do not know why but no i never was i never i never blamed anyone i don't know why i didn't i don't recall ever being resentful or angry with god about it i don't recall ever being actually mistreated beaten or abused in any way I don't recall ever being anything but basically a, a happy little boy. I seem to have been treated well and most of my memories that I have of childhood were good memories or fairly happy memories. Uh, nothing, no sadness, no misery, no suffering, uh, that I can recall a couple of tiny little incidents that any child could remember of getting a spanking. Uh, my mother, Princess Babe Hawk one time gave me a spanking with a clothes hanger for setting the drapes on fire, but I assume I deserved it. <laughs> but So I don't remember being angry or resentful. Um, the hook that God used on my life seemed to be the desire and the longing for meaning and significance. It was a desire for my place, for understanding who I am, and to make some sense of my life and give it some direction and purpose. As I was growing up at the boys' home, I got involved in a lot of different activities in chapel and choir and, of course, uh, in athletics and football and basketball. And I was a rodeo champion. I was won the all-around cowboy trophy for three years for riding bulls and Bronx. And uh, so I was a cowboy and an Indian at the same time. Uh, but I, as I grew up at the ranch, it was a healthy upbringing and a lot of kids, a very well-balanced lifestyle, hard work. And of course, like all the boys, I was always aware of the fact that someday I would graduate and I would be out on my own and I would have to make my own way and get a job and if I was going to go to school, go to school and make my own life. And I always dreamed and wondered. What God would do. And I had, I had dreams. I wanted God to use me. I wanted to be, I wanted to serve Him and be a good person and honor God with my life. But I never imagined, even in all those years, I'm not thinking, I'm not sure I ever even dreamed about the life that God had for me to be able to travel thousands and thousands of miles and live in other cultures and societies and learn languages uh, and be in the former Soviet republics. In Moscow and in Kazakhstan and Ukraine and Siberia and uh, over into China and to India to Singapore into Mongolia uh, all of these countries that God has allowed me to go back with and touch and be a part of sharing the good news the joy and the light of of salvation in Jesus the Messiah I never dreamed I, I would not have dreamed this life because it would not have occurred to me that that it could happen but god has opened up doors of ministry and influence and opportunity that uh beyond beyond my comprehension and he'll do the same for you you there there are no limits you have no idea often i talk to young people now hundreds and thousands of young people i get the privilege of visiting with every single year and i often tell them you have no idea what god's going to do with your life uh, you, you in your wildest dreams you can't imagine all the the wonderful, exciting adventures and opportunities of growth and influence for his kingdom that God has for you. If you'll just continue to trust him and walk with him, and depend upon him, he'll do more with your life than you ever dreamed possible. Soapy was abandoned by his mother, but he wasn't forgotten by his creator. And neither are you. God loves you and wants you to be with him forever. But sin is in the way. That's why he sent his son Jesus, so that in his death on the cross, he could pay the penalty for your sin. God accepted Jesus' death as a payment in full and raised him up. Everyone who accepts his gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ belongs to God. He will never reject or abandon his own. He says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. The real question is, will we reject Him? What have you done with Jesus? If you have any questions, you can write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. You can also find us online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there are more amazing stories to tell... So be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.